All right, we have a great episode of Side Retired, the MLB podcast coming at you guys today. It is Dylan James, as always, but today we're going to be joined by Nash Walker, Locked On Twins expert. He's been on with us before, talking a lot about Carlos Correa and all the fun things that have happened this offseason with the Twins. So, James, let's hit the intro music and we'll get right into this. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It is Dylan joined alongside James, as always, and well, you might see the City Field background that I always have. Obviously a huge Mets fan, but I lost Carlos Correa, but we're going to talk to the guy that gained Carlos Correa. Well, technically reacquired in a fun offseason, all the fun things that have happened there with the Twins over the last couple of weeks. James, before we introduce our guest, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, Excited to talk about the Twins. you know, see see where they're supposed to finish the AL Central this season. Absolutely. And obviously, we have our Twins expert on. He joined us this summer to do a trade deadline preview. And now we're here basically summing up the offseason. Nash, how are you doing? I'm doing well, guys. It's crazy to think that was that long ago. I forgot <laughs> it was a trade deadline. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, It's been a wild couple of weeks, I think, for like content creators like myself. These types of things are just like gold. These this for him throughout the offseason, the number one priority for the twins from day one of the offseason was to bring him back. And the number one priority for a lot of the fan base was let's bring him back. Like that was clearly the number one thing. And I think overall, and you guys followed the season too, obviously closely, and and you followed Correa and you watched what was going on as he was entering free agency again. I would I would describe his season as underwhelming. And if you look at the numbers. He was had his best OPS plus season of his career. I believe he was, you know, five and a half win player by the numbers. Everything you look at, it was a Carlos Correa season. It wasn't a great Carlos Correa season, but it was like a, your typical Carlos Correa season. The reason I say it was underwhelming, he didn't hit with runners in scoring position throughout like the whole first half through January, uh, July 1st. He had an 85 weighted runs created plus with runners in scoring position, which is 15% below league average. And he would come up in these big spots. And it's like, when he when is he going to come through? And like he just never came through in the first half, very rarely. And then, of course, in Correa fashion, the calendar flipped to August. He was great in August. He was superb in September. But it didn't matter because the team was crashing around him. But overall on the season, got his numbers with runners in scoring position back. But the perception is different because the team collapsed in September around him. So there's there was this feeling, I think, from a lot of people like, is he really that dude? You know, he's he's a great player, but it was underwhelming on a one-year deal. My point was like those things, those things regressed to the mean. And he didn't get a full spring training. And, you know, he had a weird offseason and the lockout and everything that happened. There's a lot of pressure on him. And that's probably not going to change. But now he has security of a six-year deal at minimum. I think those things will will progress, get back to the mean of his career, how he's been. Great hitters are great hitters, no matter with runners in scoring position, without runners in scoring position. So I would buy, I would buy Carlos Correa driving in more runs for the twins uh in 2023 and beyond. But yeah, I mean, if you would have told me a year ago, Carlos Correa has the potential to be a Minnesota twin for 11 years and 305 million dollars with the twins, Correa, I'd say you're crazy. So it's it's been wild. It's really been wild. And it's also just interesting to think because he was technically an Astro, I believe, maybe six or seven years in total. Yes. That if he goes on this Hall of Fame trajectory, 
he has more years at the Twins potentially that he could be remembered. Obviously, they'll probably take into consideration if he does have some postseason heroics exactly. with the Twins over these next 10 years or so. But there's a chance that people remember Carlos Correa as a twin more than as an Astro, which is something that is, I, I think, crazy to think about. Hearing that is, I, I can't even. Last year, I, I do a daily show. I host a daily show in the offseason through the season, literally talking about every free agent possible for the Twins. I don't think I said his name once. <laughs> and if I did last year, it was because I said, Okay, let's look at the shortstop market. Twins need a shortstop. You know, Carlos Correa is there. This was last year before he signed that quasi one-year deal. Carlos Correa is there on the shortstop market. All right, let's move on. Like, that's all it was. It was never even a possibility. And then it happened, and it was even less of a possibility this offseason after he agreed with the Giants. He agreed with your Mets. It's over. It's over. It was a fun year. He's gone. They tried, I guess, and it's over. And then out of the, out of the woodwork, like at a 1% likelihood, He's back. And it just, you know, he said in his press conference, sometimes it's fate and destiny. This situation with the way that it went with the lockout last year, he's just didn't get the deal he was looking for, didn't get the deal he was looking for this year, and he's back. Like, it took really, really strict circumstances for this to happen, but I'm super glad, and I think Twins territory is just super glad because now the season looks completely different. I'm not going to sit here and say they're World Series contenders or even, you know, locked to make the playoffs or compete in the American League Central. But Kyle Farmer was their opening day shortstop last week, <laughs> and now it's Carlos Correa. It just it changes the whole view of the lineup. It changes from a week ago. You know he was on the team that won seventy eight games, but it changes it from a week ago to a completely different look for twenty twenty three. So that's where the excitement comes from. And now you can start thinking about how do they get into that conversation to make the playoffs again after missing it in back to back seasons. Yeah, I mean, I'm just uh, I'm just looking through their lineup. I mean. Um, it, it looks like a really solid lineup. I think this team definitely competes with the Guardians and the White Sox. I mean, obviously, you have some question marks at the front end of the rotation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the back end of the bullpen, you have guys like Jorge Lopez, Johan Duran. Uh, I mean, this lineup is actually, I mean, a little a little threatening. Um, you know, you have the batting champ, Luis Arias, uh, guys like Jorge Polanco, Carlos Correa. Byron Buxton, I mean, if he could pull the, put a full, healthy 162-game season, I think he's always an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. I agree very much with your analysis that Correa definitely makes this team. I mean, you don't want to say – you don't like to say it's a – I mean, I think it's a very World Series contender type of roster. I mean, yeah. you, have, you have the pieces. I mean, obviously, you need maybe a, a starting pitcher or two uh, to come along, but you have, you have a guy like um, – Simeon Woods Richardson, who who could blossom into a true two three mm-hmm. kind of guy. Chris Paddock's coming off Tommy John surgery, um, so I think the pieces are definitely there. Um, I, I I'm just really surprised. I guess as much as you are that the Twins were able to get to get a guy like Correa back. Um, but yeah, I mean obviously me and Dylan will, will do a, a, a division prediction episode down the road, mm-hmm. but. I think the Twins have to be my favorites going into the season uh, to to win the American League Central. I don't know what what you think on that. Yeah, I mean, if you look at this, look at what the Phillies just did. I think the Phillies are an example. It helps so much to just have top-end talent. Like, if you just have two or three stars, it raises the floor, raises the ceiling. And as you said, if Byron stays healthy for a full season, we know he's a star. Carlos Correa is a star. Joan Duran is a young blossoming star in the back of the bullpen so you have this top end talent i think you're right like they lack it in the front of the rotation if they were to add a true number one in the rotation way easier said than done they haven't had it since johan moved to your mets (laughs) haven't had it 
since then. But if they were to add a true number one and Carlos Rodon signing with the Yankees, I thought he was an amazing fit for the Twins. But they probably would have had to go to 6-200 for Rodon. And if I'm deciding, like, for this Twins team currently, it's different for the Yankees. Do I want Correa for 6-200? and Do I want Rodon for 6-200? and They need stability at short. So I would have picked Correa. And for the Yankees, made a ton of sense for them. Thought he made sense for the Twins, but it wasn't going to happen for both. And, you know, the Yankees are obviously an attractive destination for for anybody. So they need a true number one. And that's been the case for over a decade. If they were to add a true number one, and like I was hoping the Brewers would would sell this offseason. I thought Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, like if Woodruff became available and they added Woodruff to the rotation and you had Woodruff, Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, Tyler Malley, Bailey Ober, Kent Maeda for depth, you know, Louis Varlin, Simeon Richardson, you mentioned, then you're talking about a real rotation and a real team, like a team that could potentially compete in October. So that would change everything. I think they're missing that. I think they're missing another big right-handed bat because as you said, Byron's a great player, but Byron's often not in the lineup. So you need another right-handed bat to pair with Correa, who's also an injury question mark. A lot of questions all over the roster. I like that prediction though, James, of course. I know you're not just kissing toes, <laughs> but I, I think that as it currently stands, like they're going to be competitive in the division with this current roster. They're they're going to push Cleveland and, and the White Sox, but I would probably still say today you have to give it to the Guardians. And even the White Sox with their upside, like they still have upside. They have a new manager and Pedro Grifol. Like they got things working over there too with new vibes. Their vibe was so bad last year. Just awful. And I love to see it. I hate the White Sox. <laughs> More than anything in the world. I hate the White Sox. So we'll see. I mean, I, I think the Twins have upside on the roster. I think the White Sox do too. And then Cleveland just plays a brand of baseball that worked last year. So I don't know. I'm excited to see. And I don't think this roster is complete, the Twins. I don't think they're done. I think they're going to continue to add. And I'm hoping for that as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and where do you think a guy like Royce Lewis, uh, you know, I think – he was really a contender to break out, in my opinion, last year. Unfortunate that he suffered that ACL injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he did hit 300, uh, had an 867 OPS and 40 at-bats last season, two homers. Um, I mean, third base, I mean, you know, because, I mean, it's a pretty crowded infield. you got Arias, Polanco, uh, Miranda, and um, mm-hmm. Correa, obviously. Um, and same thing with DH. I mean, you got a full outfield with Gallo, right. Buxton, and um, – Gosh, what to, uh, Nick Gordon? So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, where do you think? And your boy, maybe a Yankee, Max Kepler, future Yankee, Max. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe, we'll see. Yeah, Royce. I mean, I'm always going to believe in him. I still have him as the Twins' best prospect, even though Brooks Lee is viewed as a top 40 global prospect now, picked last year eighth overall. I still have Royce as the top prospect in the system personally because I think he has six win upside on a yearly basis. Freak athlete, but back to back ACL tears, which that's concerning. Freak athlete, number one pick you know, speed, athleticism, everything the Twins need in their lineup because they've kind of – they've been slogging the base pass a little bit the last couple of years. And, like, Cray is not going to help with that. Cray is a great player, but he's not going to run, and he's pretty – he's below average on the bases. So, Royce, like, 30 stolen base potential, 30 home run power, that type of player you dream on constantly. Jose Miranda's currently slated to play third. We'll see if that works. It's kind of an experiment. He played third in the minors. There were questions, is he going to be a third baseman defensively in the majors? We don't know. Gio was there last year. They moved on, traded Gio for, you know, a lottery ticket prospect. So that opens it up for, for Miranda at third. If that doesn't work defensively, yes. Royce at third, but Royce and back up in center field for Buxton. I think that's, you know, play left and then back up Buxton in center. And back up center field 
is one of the most important positions on the Twins roster <laughs> every year. Like, who's backing up Byron Buxton? And you know Joey Gallo, James, and I'm sure <laughs> not happy with how it went there in New York. But defensively, backing up Buxton, like you have a platoon pair with Gallo. And if they were to add a, a, an outfielder who could play center, there's they've had worse backup options there. And Royce Lewis could be part of that platoon, too, when he comes back. Uh, but I'll always believe in him, and I, I will continue to believe until he like retires. I'm just I'm such a believer <laughs> in his talent. You guys have prospects like that too, where you just you're bullish on them until the very end, and I will be that way for Royce. But to this point, it sucks the knee injuries, and we'll see how he is when he comes back. I'm I'm thinking midsummer is what what the uh, reports have been. I think you do keep mentioning this sort of right-handed hitter potentially trading away Max Kepler, and the guy that I keep thinking of because i know slim picking sort of on the market left because i think it was mancini and mccutcheon both signed in the recent yep. days is potentially adam duvall i don't know if yeah. that's potentially an interesting one but i'm just thinking there aren't that many free agents left out there maybe it's a trade getting interesting with a three-team kepler goes to the yankees the twins get some other right-handed bat because you do look at that lineup and it's a lot of polanco's mainly left-handed arias is a left-handed kepler kirilov and all those other guys gallo mm-hmm. So sort of do you think Duval is that fit or is there anyone else that sort of not really thinking about right now? There were guys I really liked. Honestly, AJ Pollock made so much sense for them because he can play center. Like he's not, mm-hmm. he's 35. He's not going to be great out there, but he crushed lefties last year. So I thought him and Gallo could back up Buxton, you know, lefty righty, nice little pair. Obviously, he went to Seattle. Mitch Haniger really yeah. liked Mitch Haniger for this team. Even Jose Abreu at first, just to add like right-handed thump, and they would prefer it, I'm sure, to have an outfielder. But just to add like another right-handed bat with Buxton and Correa, because if you guys think about the best teams in baseball, the best lineups in baseball, and I always think about the Astros, when they had Correa, they had three legitimate like elite right-handed bats in Bregman, Correa, and Altuve. And then they had three legitimate, and they had Yuli Gurriel, but they had three legitimate left-handed bats, Jordan Alvarez, Michael Brantley, I'm missing one. I can't think of. Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker. So they had like legitimately three great bats from each side of the plate. I think that's how you build your best lineup because then you're matchup proof. And for the twins, they need another right-handed bat to go with Correa and Buxton. And then, you know, with a rise and Polanco's a good left-handed hitter, switch hitter, didn't really hit righty or lefties at all last year. And then you, you're hoping Kirilov and Larnick and Gordon and those guys kind of pick up the slack. But yes, I agree. I mean, Adam Duvall, so much swing and miss. The OBP is so low. Like he doesn't really hit lefties that well. I, I he's type one diabetic. I'm type one diabetic. So I, I like those types of players. But other than that, I don't I don't like Adam Duval very much for this roster. Nothing personal to him. He's a beast, but I, I just I don't like him for this roster. Yeah, I mean they should have just gone and gotten that Aaron Judge guy this offseason. I know, and that'd have been that would have been insane. Yeah. No. I mean, honestly, like I would put ju- the possibility of Judge this offseason for the twins was very comparable to Correa last year. Like just to give you a sense of <laughs> yeah how we how everybody I think in Twins ter- territory felt about Carl- Carlos Correa as an option, I would have put it on the same level as Judge, which is zero, like zero. And that's it's crazy that it happened that way. But yes, Judge going back that was uh that was a crazy week at the winter I, meeting certainly. Yeah, and I will say another crazy thing, um, and I think an unfortunate thing is that, I mean, a guy like Miguel Sano just really regressed to be absolutely yeah. nothing last season. I mean, he was a 30 homer yeah. guy in 21 and 19. Um, looked to be like a budding superstar and a guy that, like like you're saying, could have been a really good platoon bat mm-hmm. uh, to pair with a guy like Arias at first uh, or just a designated hitter spot. 
Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think you mentioned Gallo too. Um, you know, the Yankees fans hated him and, and I hated him too. I mean, he was horrible. Yeah, of course. But, um, I can't lie. I didn't hate the idea of bringing him back and just seeing what happens with this shift, shift ban in 2023. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the intrigue is there. Like, I mean, you look at all the projections and all the numbers and like, if there was no shift, like he'd be a pretty damn good hitter. Um, and, and I'm big on thinking like, Hey, like, I mean, that has to be such a mental block to like see four guys, three guys be like on the right side of the infield sure. and know that like you can't hit the ball to that side of the field. I mean, it's crazy, but like Joey Gallo could be a 40, 45 home run guy this season. And 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 hit for a lot more average than people people are assuming, and especially in in a Twins park that I think is a little more friendly uh, than people yeah. like to say. Well, think about the Yankees Twins series at Target Field last year. Think I always try to think about it this way: how I feel about a hitter is how I feel when I see them come up against my team. And for Joey Gallick, I knew how terrible he was in New York, but even when he came up against Dylan Bundy last year, I was thinking like this dude is a 500 foot homer waiting to happen. What did he do that night? He had two homers off Dylan Bundy. (laughs) So like, he's still dangerous. Even when you know, he's not hitting the ball, like not even making contact. You still feel when he comes up, like there's that little bit of that fear factor because he's so big and he has so much power. And like, he's had years where he's a four five, one player and has hit 40 home runs before. Like it's still that fear. And if he hits a little bit better, like you said, with the shift, Add a little bit more. I think he hit once. Did he hit 160 last year? I mean, that's so, yeah. <laughs> if he has a season like that, or if he has a first half like that, or even a first month like that, the twins have not cut these guys on one-year deals, but like it's a one-year deal. And if he has a poor first month, absolutely a cut candidate to me. Like that just I I wouldn't understand that. Cause he might just he might not come back around. Like he might not be that dude anymore that he was in Texas for for those years. I don't know. I mean, I think. For him, it was weird. I I didn't like it necessarily. I see what you're saying, though, James. There's upside there, clearly. There's upside with him because of the power. He's a great defender out there. There's upside. When they signed him, I was confused, and I thought, I'm not crazy about this. Mm-hmm. Maybe he hit 40. Maybe it's 40 at Target Field. We'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited to just see the 500-foot bombs, but I'm not excited to see the 500 strikeouts, certainly. And it's also because he's a similar breed of like curl off to the left-handed hitter and yes, Trevor exactly. Lawrence is a left-handed hitter. And they have another. eight. They have eight. I, I was naming them off the top. They have eight corner corner bats. And it was Gordon, Larnick, Kirilov, Gallo, Kepler, Arise, Matt Walner, like prospects, top 100 prospects or borderline top 100 prospects. Matt Walner coming from Minnesota, like just so many left-handed bats. So I, they're going to trade Kepler. I'm pretty sure i didn't we get deeper in the offseason i'm like wondering when it's going to happen but they're going to trade kepler we know the yankees have been a factor in that i still wouldn't be surprised to see him as a yankee which would be weird because kepler is one of the longest tenured twins i signed him when he was 16 and anytime like you think about a twin in a yankee uniform james i'm just letting you in it's a it's a bad thought it's a bad thought and there was some of that with buxton started to like float oh is buxton going to be a yankee and so there's some guys in your org as a fan, you grow up with, you don't want to see them in a Yankee uniform. I honestly think with Joe Maurer, when he signed his extension, the rumblings about him being a Yankee, that might have like pushed it over the finish line because you just could not, could not accept the idea of Joe Maurer in a Yankee uniform. It was just like not even, 
not even a possibility in your mind because it just made you feel sick. So I feel that way even about Kepler, but I, I think there's a chance he'll be in the Bronx on opening day. I like that. I mean, there is the counterexample of Carl Pavano did not do too well in a Yankee uniform and did all right with the Twins, but not great in either of those two. Yeah, but, yeah. I just think there's this. Obviously, the Twins have a brutal history with the Yankees in the playoffs. Um, I would say, like, I hate the White Sox. I don't know if I. I think I hate the idea of the Yankees because they've just won the Twins for so long. Like they just are such. They whoop the Twins. They whoop the Twins, and for that. You just get upset when they have to play the Yankees because you're like, when is this ever going to change? When is this ever going to be different? It's never been different. And that's that creates like a different type of feeling. I just don't like the White Sox because they're a rival. They're the Twins' main rival. And like that's the, the rivalry. With the Yankees, it's more of there's a dread and there's like this feeling of doom when you play the Yankees, the Twins specifically that you just can't escape. And we haven't been able to escape my entire life. I don't, I've, I've never seen them win a season series over the Yankees. Never in my whole life. I've never seen it. I'm serious. I went to playoff games at Target Field when Andy Pettit started. I went to that game. I was in the left field bleachers. I don't even remember. I know I know they got whooped. I just, <laughs> I know they got whooped. I don't know what the score was, but I know they got whooped. And that's what it's been like my entire life. Well, we Literally do. I don't know if you want us to remind you about this, but in the trade deadline predictions episode, when you came on with us, your bold prediction was, Twins win a playoff game against the New York Yankees. <laughs> no way. Is that what it I said? was. You said That's crazy. I, I want to think like if they would have taken the Guardian spot, right? They were in first or tied for first place on September 1st. If the Twins would have won the Central, somehow won a playoff game, somehow won two and beat the Rays, the a strong outcome for me was just like push the Yankees to game five. Mm. <laughs> that would have been that would have been amazing in that in this moment because I've never seen anything close to that in my life. But then again, like I'm thinking, why are my expectations so low? But if you've watched these games for 20, 22 years, you know why the expectations are low because you watch how it plays out. And it's the same story. Every time my bold prediction incorrect. And every year, my bold prediction is that they will win a playoff game. I'm not going to say it's the Yankees, but I'm going to predict that again in 2023, they will win their first playoff game since 2004. That's my, all righty. James, yep. lock it down, write it down, and we're keeping a nice little like yeah. note sheet this year. It's going to happen. It's happening. Yeah. Expanded playoff field. You know, a lot of teams think they can make the playoffs now, which is kind of crazy to me, but they should. You know, they should think they're going to oh, I've, I've been fighting. I've been fighting Diamondbacks people that think that they're in playoffs. I was just going to say the D-backs, yeah. Like, no, like don't even start. I, that's a whole conversation for another day. <laughs> like, I don't have time to fight that fight like anymore. Like people are delusional. Well, people are so delusional. They're like maybe – they're maybe like the ninth best team in the National League. Like maybe the yeah. ninth best team. I well, I think people also don't realize it's such a long year. Like it's just such a like you have to be. They're the fourth best be team in the division. Year. They're the fourth yeah. best team in the division. How are you going to make the playoffs if you're the fourth <laughs> best team in your like like yeah. just yeah yeah. Like, no. I, it's just like, such a like they could have a great first half. You saw Seattle last year. I was saying in July like they're not going to make the playoffs. They were they were not there in the first half and then. It's two different seasons. Like, it's a long year, and that's what we love about baseball. At the end, usually the best teams are going to be there. You know, a lot of the time are going to be there in the postseason, and whatever happens after that's usually crazy. But the best teams are going to be there because it's 162 games, which I love. No, I, I agree. But, I, I mean, Diamondbacks, I mean, three or four years, Diamondbacks fans <laughs> go crazy. But. That's a really weird, like, Yankee fan 
going after D-backs fans. No, like, they've just been all over. Dylan always I, – I, I go through the Twitter and I see all these – because I, I said something about the – I don't know. Someone said something about Diamondbacks. Maybe I left a comment or something. And then They're people just jumping like, on you. Diamondbacks Twitter was just like all over me. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, y'all – Y'all are like like y'all have a nice young core, but like yeah. y'all aren't gonna win eighty games. Like no, I think stack. they're still they're still a little ways away for exactly. sure. Exactly. So yep. do you have do you have a final final prediction for the twins this upcoming season? A record, not, well, maybe a, a division finish place? Yeah. I think it depends a lot on what they do in the next month. And like my prediction is that they will add to the top of the roster in the next month. I don't think they're gonna add another, you know, Buxton or Korea type of player at all, but I think they're gonna add via trade. And I will say they will in the middle of September, they'll they'll be firmly in a wild card spot and fighting for the central. And whether that means they'll be in first place or second remains to be seen. But I think they'll be firmly in a playoff spot come mid-September. And then I think they will either win the central or they will make they will get a wild card spot at the end of September to or the beginning of October now at the schedule to get into the playoffs. And they will win a game there. A game one. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be they'll be one and eighteen in their last nineteen after their first one. I like it, James. Well, you we'll see if it's game two. I, I was gonna that. say. I was gonna say. Um, I just I hope the problem is that the Twins never win game one. Like you have to win game one because as soon as you lose game one, then you're thinking about how the streak has then expanded into the next day, and you're like, oh man, now we're zero and nineteen, and we got to play again today. And then it's a it's a legitimate thing in the org, I think, at this point. When you lose 18 straight playoff games, how is that not in the how is that not in your head? And a lot of these guys were not on the teams, of course, but how is that not in your head to be 0-18? Like that's just a pressure you can't even describe. It's crazy. Absolutely. James, you got your final twins bold prediction for us? James, you don't have to be like you guys know I, I'm realistic. No, like I think <laughs> I think the twins, I think the twins if they're willing, you know, we don't have time to go down that rabbit hole. But <laughs> I would say the addition of Trevor Bauer would be really helpful. I think we don't have, I don't have time to, we don't have time to go down that rabbit hole yeah. and we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. But I'm a huge Trevor Bauer makes your team better. I wish the Yankees would sign Trevor Bauer. He's won the Cy Young two years ago. Um, he pitched to under a three ERA last season uh, before the suspension. So I think people forget how good of a pitcher he is um, and need to, Remember how good of a pitcher he is. He'd be a true one. He'd be a very cheap true one for the Twins. Um, but yeah, I think if the Twins are able to add a little bit of starting pitching, they could run away with the American League Central. I do think that they have the most talent in the AL Central. Will they stay healthy? I don't know. Um, but I guess my prediction, my bold prediction for the episode would be the Twins win the American League Central and then lose two playoff games in the first round and <laughs> are eliminated per usual. So uh, so yeah, there I said it. Um, twenty so in a row, January sixteenth. But the Twins have already <laughs> been eliminated. It's January sixteenth, but the yeah. Twins have already been eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah, in my book, twenty. So it's twenty in a row from James. <laughs> Thanks, James. Appreciate that. Uh, I don't even I, know what I'm going to say after that. I don't even know what I would say. I at a certain point, you're just quiet on the podcast. You just let it run. <laughs> just empty. There's nothing to say. Well, there's that rumor of that Taylor Swift released like seven seconds of silence and it got like a million downloads on Spotify. So oh, I think no if you way. just released an episode of just 15 minutes of silence, I bet people would just yeah. listen to it and sit there. You know exactly <laughs> yeah, the when they got that. swept, when they got swept in the COVID season by Houston, Houston was so bad during that regular season in the 60 games and the Twins won the Central and they got swept at home at Target Field. 
I came on and I, I thought it was gonna be my last day doing the show. <laughs> I was like, I just, I don't think I can do this anymore. I'm so upset. I was looking out my window, didn't sleep, like just so upset. So if it expands to 20, yeah, I mean, I might be retiring from any twins commentary whatsoever <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Uh, but there's like this story, you know, that there's this story with like the Cubs and their drought or the Red Sox and their drought. Like there's this still a fun little storyline that if it expands, like it becomes even more of a story. And then you follow this story and it's fun to follow. And you're like, just wondering when is it going to end? And maybe one day it will, but <laughs> we're going to have to wait and see. Dylan, what do you think? I like, it. I will go, I won't go the playoff route for my bold prediction, but I will instead say the Met fan in me, we need a left-handed bat. So I know we've been mentioning Max Kepler to the Yankees. How about a nice mm. little Kepler to the Mets? We'll give you Mark Vientos, a right-handed hitting third base prospect that <laughs> broke the majors you. last year. <laughs> I think he does have some DH third base potential. So it seems like that fits your need of getting a right-handed bat and we'll get a platoon bat with Mark Canna in left field. Although I okay. think a right fielder, but I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I don't know if the Mets and Twins have ever have they ever swung a trade set like in, in the last decade. Other than was Johan Santana trade? I mean, Johan would be the last one I can think of. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the first one in a long time. Who do the Mets usually trade with? Uh, it's a lot of Cincinnati and Milwaukee stuff, which is okay. Weird, yeah. But... Uh, what about uh? What about uh? Where they get Cespedes from? Uh, Detroit. That one year. Oh yeah, Detroit. Yeah, that's yeah. Mets and Twins have not really been. Uh, they have not worked on trades together, or at least completed trades. I'm sure they've talked trades, but they've never completed many trades since Johan. So I like that. Yeah, I think Kepler's going to get moved. I think honestly, Mets Yankees. Uh, it could be either of them. Like I would put that at a decent probability, just because the Yankees need a left fielder and he would be awesome and left defensively. He's an elite right fielder defensively. I think he would be awesome and left. I think last year he led right fielders and outs above average. He He's really, really good in right left field at Yankee stadium. I think he would, he would be solid. I don't know about city, but I think at in, in left field in general, I think he would be very good. Are you thinking about left field for him, Dylan too? Probably because I think we have right. Starling Marte, so it would be a question of oh, yeah, Marte's to right. to left. Yeah, Whole weird okay, thing. yeah. Either way, either way, he would be he would be really great defensively and left. I like it. Well, definitely, we'll have you back on if there is an eventual Yankees versus Mets trade with Max Kepler involved with James. Unless there's anything For sure. you want to throw in here, I know we definitely appreciate all the time, the fun, the insights, and hopefully the end of a Minnesota Twins playoff win drought at some point. But Thank I think you. we'll have you on yes. before that point happens. Yeah, I hope so. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for that day. I have, I have legitimate dreams. I dream, I'm serious. I have dreams when I'm sleeping at night about them winning playoff games. Like it's just one, one game. Not even I a World Series. It's just win a game. <laughs> well, you guys like you put yourself in that, you know, like your teams, they've won in the playoffs. Think about the twins not winning one game. Like that's just you have dreams. You have dreams about that. And I do. Yeah, you would too. Certainly. Last year was 2004. When was the last? 2004. I was four. You guys were born in what? 2004. Yeah, we were two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 2002. I was born in 2000. So that, that's my last. I don't have any memory. That's the last time they want to play a game was 2004. Absolutely absurd. The last time they want to play a series was 2002. So put that into perspective. It's crazy. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm hopeful. Every, every year I say the same thing, that it's going to end this year. And Maybe this is the year. I like it. See, there's optimism, James. Even though James is, his Yankees win 100-plus games every year, and he's like, 
negative about it. This team we're gonna sucks. Lose. This team's <laughs> terrible. We don't have time to go through this. Like, yes. Like, the Yankees, it, it's just so mid. They're poorly run. It's so mid. <laughs> we're playing like we – you know, people – and you probably see this on Twitter – but like twins fans will make fun of Yankees fans for complaining about a hundred win team or like make fun of Yankees fans for complaining about the roster. And it's like, we haven't won a playoff game since 2004, you know, but I understand. I understand. Like I watch Yankee baseball. So I understand where you guys are coming from. Certainly. <laughs> I don't, I met James, I don't is, getting, where he's James is getting rattled about the James getting rattled about like last year, right now and about 2021. <laughs> it's annoying watching Houston every year. I yeah, mean, you'll watch a team like Houston, and and they don't even. I think that they have so many organizational flaws, and yet they still somehow find a way to win. They have a GM, and when yeah, yeah they're just a team, and he made better financial decisions than Brian Cashman did this offseason. So yeah, that's okay, I will though. say that the twenty one the twenty one Yankees had bad vibes. That that was that the first half of the twenty twenty one Yankees when Gio and Gary were still there. That that was bad vibe. I, I definitely could see that early there's on. Just, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of things to do to change before. James, you also have to thank Nash for Josh Donaldson and the great season he gave you. Oh, yeah. The great, the great oh, Josh Donaldson know. trade. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, Cashman had a quote last year. I don't he even said, like the thing is, like, like I just I don't understand so many things. Like, just like, yeah, that they like, do. Like, I mean, I'd rather have just, like, why? Like, just leave Gio Shell at shortstop, like, instead of mm-hmm. Isaiah Kiner. Like, I, there's, like, so many things. Like, there's just so many things I would have rather watched happen. I think they decided that Gio's Wait, not a shortstop. Did, did that trade happen before or after Correa signed? It was right before. So then that so freed the, up the Twins salary. wouldn't even sign Correa if I can't oh, still there. No, 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 because that Donaldson trade freed up $25 million The money, yeah. Salary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, see, no, this is done. I'm done. Yeah. This over. Um, <laughs> thank you. I'm like, yeah, that's you got it, fellas. Hey, good luck in your second semester. Like, oh my gosh, dude, the Yankees could probably sign what one year, 35 million. Yeah, so it was 10 more million dollars. I mean, IKF was probably like five million, so like they sent they yeah. ended up sending 25 plus five. I mean, like they could have just mm-hmm. kept their shell at third and signed career for shortstop for one year, yeah. like that would have been a very real okay. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. This is. We're gonna keep in Minnesota for a while. Wow. This. <laughs> yeah, that took a crazy took turn, a turn that you did not expect, James. Yeah. If Jack Staffenbach ever tries to say a word about defending Josh Donaldson at third base anymore, I'm. He's cooked. <laughs> There's. He's your, cooked. You've got your argument he's now. Cooked first. like Josh. He's cooked like he's Josh. Cooked. Yeah. Yes. No. That's that's not. Yeah. That's not cool. <laughs> wow. Cashman said. I'm sure you've seen it, but he said that leaves a really bad Gio, feeling in my mouth. Oh Gio's my great, God. but he's not Josh Donaldson. That was oh his quote God. last year. <laughs> <laughs> Gio was nice for the Twins. Really no, liked he's him. He's a really good. He was player. beloved. Yeah, he was beloved here, but they traded him, so now he's gone. We but called it. I like him in in Anaheim. Oh my gosh, my head is just I'm in a blender right now. He's in the boy. Well, he's gonna have he's gonna having those dreams that I have, those nightmares, dreams. What could have been. <sighs> What the twenty five, the twenty five million dollars that could have been spent on elsewhere isn't spent on Juan Soto next season mm. when Josh Donaldson's gone. Anger. Hey, James is going to be coming out with you, Dylan. He might be ranting with you. At that <laughs> it's time. good content, at least. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Boys, yeah, thank you. Good. Have a great second semester. We'll talk soon. Okay. Sounds good. Of thank course. you so much. All right, boys. Take it thank easy. You. See ya. Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeatGeek. 
For all ticketing needs, go to SeatGeek.com and use promo code SADRETIREDPOD for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including NFL and NHL. Yes, this means we are officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for the rest of today's edition of Sad Retired. All right, a great episode just now with Nash Walker talking all things Minnesota Twins. We really hope you appreciated and liked that episode talking about Carlos Correa and all the things that could be occurring with the Minnesota Twins next. I know we teased the Max Kepler trade, Adam Duvall, and a bunch of other things like that. So definitely be on the lookout for the Twins to keep making moves. And thanks so much to Nash for joining us. On our end, we definitely have a lot of fun things up and coming in the future, a great interview that'll probably be released next Monday, if not sooner, and a bunch of other things planned. As always, the top 10 list will continue on next week. So great at continuing following along with us. And until the next time, for Dylan, James, and Jack, the side is retired.